We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. On this episode, we're going to be talking about the MLB Awards. We're going to play some spitball and give you our games of the week and our picks. So stay tuned. Did this in my own life. And we are back! After a long hiatus. A long hiatus, yeah. Yay, yay! Uh, Nick is on the <laughs> phone right now, so we got him hooked up to the laptop right now, but he's he's still with us this week. Yo, yo, yo. He's wearing a Christmas sweater, I think. A little early, but I... Yeah, I, it was the only... Yo, it's mad cold today, right? It was, like my 50. Buggy. It was like 50 degrees. <laughs> All my hoodies are in the wash because I work out in hoodies and shit, and this was the only long sleeve t-shirt that I had. A little early. I mean, I'm not going to complain about a Christmas sweater. You already know how I feel about well, that. Well, it, it's, it's football themed because it's Odell. He's doing the whip. That's so. true. That's true. So Pass. you really are wearing a, a Christmas sweater. Oh, yeah. All right. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> um, anyway. Nice laugh, Tim. Yeah. Did but, you yay like, yay? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. I, 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 I was a little it delay. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, yeah. That was a Kawhi. I'm gonna do a Kawhi laugh next time. Yo, just Kawhi's laugh. <laughs> it's really weird. <laughs> I saw a comment that was like, Kawhi hasn't laughed in so long that he forgot how. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what it looks like. Honestly, his laugh is mad weird. It looks like he's struggling to laugh. It's like, like, like it hurts. Yeah, I feel bad for him. Why? Because, like, the guy, like, never wants anything to do with the media. He just wants to play ball. Like, he didn't get a chance to play ball last year. Now he's got to, like, get made fun of as soon as he, you know, gets his fresh start. He Can't made his own break. with that. He wouldn't have to answer questions if he didn't demand a trade. I feel you. But it's just funny. Like, the dude just wants to play ball. And he's like, yeah, I guess yeah so. he just, he just wants to hoop. It's funny, though. Yeah, that's yeah, it's funny. It's, uh, it's like, whoa, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> My laugh's pretty trash too, but his his blows me out the park. Nah, you are 
nowhere near Kawhi's level. I think Tim's life is trash. The one he just gave before. Which one? Oh, it was like the lighthearted. I like, like, I, it's not funny, but it's funny. <laughs> I like three different laughs. <laughs> I have one laugh that sounds like a like a like a stoner kind of guy. Like, <laughs> I got one laugh that's just like ridiculous, kind of like your laugh. Yeah. And then I got the <laughs> for the people. My who, sister's fiance literally says "ha ha." <laughs> Like 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 like, 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 ha, like the letters, <laughs> like that's how he laughs sometimes. Like something that's like half funny. Like he goes, ha, ha. and I'm like, what the fuck, dude? What was that? I say achoo when I sneeze. That's awful. I go achoo. Nah. That's an explosion. <laughs> about to spit out my water over here. <laughs> achoo. No, nah, I don't do that shit. Anyway. <laughs> now that we've gone through the onomatopoeia, uh, yeah, part, exactly. Of the episode. Uh, let's talk some MLB. Yay yay. Some. About it all day. Yeah, Boston has his fucking Yankee hoodie on. I right mean, now. I just bought my wild card tickets for Wednesday too. So, and I'm going to that game. I'm stoked. There's some extremely crazy scenarios still to be played out in the in the NL. In the in NL, the AL, AL is kind of set. It's set, but in the NL, there's some crazy scenarios down to the wire. There could be three one game playoffs before the one game playoff. Right. Wow. Because that's awesome. Because they have to have a one game playoff to see who wins the division. Right. Right. And then the two losers play in a one game playoff. Mm. Fantastic! Fantastic! Yes, this is a, this is what they had in mind when they made this. So I'm down with it. I can't wait. Playoff baseball game is so one sixty four. Yeah, one sixty three and one sixty four. Playoff baseball is so much better. It's like the NBA. It's so much better than regular season NBA. Playoff baseball preview coming next week. By the way. Oh yeah, we're gonna have uh, Michael from the Brodo Bros nice. on there mm. as well. Me, Boston, Michael. Maybe another another person. Let's see what we can swing. We'll see. Yeah. Cal Ripken. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> That'd be nice. One more time. Um, anyway, so right now we're going to give out uh, the MLB awards, AL MVP, NL MVP, Cy Youngs, and Rookie of the Year. Uh, we'll start with the Rookie of the Years. Oh, yeah? All right. Do you want to do that, or do you want to start at MVP? I, I figured mean, you want to save MVP for the last <laughs> the one. I'm, I'm ready for anything, bro. All right, so we'll do AL Rookie of the Year. Who do you All guys right. got? Boss, can you say it for me, man? You know, you know who I picked. I told you in advance. Do it. Nah, it's, it's Danny who's not oh, here. Danny. Why? Otani! Oh, Otani! Uh, <laughs> my man Otani is my um, AL MVP. Uh, I mean, for the simple fact Rookie that... Rookie of the year. Rookie of the year, excuse me, not yeah. the MVP. Although, if he kept on his pace of pitching the way he did, possibly an MVP candidate if he didn't miss that time. But, uh, I mean, his hitting, that's what he's been doing lately. 283, uh, 360 on base percentage, 22 home runs, 20 doubles, adding nine steals. His on-base plus slugging is 930, which is above average. Um, and that's all fine and dandy, and that's good enough to be the rookie of the year. And then you add on the fact that he made 10 starts. He pitched 51 innings. Uh, he had a 3.56 ERA. He averaged 11 Ks per nine. You saw how electric he was when he wasn't injured. Um, I think Otani takes it. Not only because of those stats, but from the simple fact that this is a guy that's doing something that no one has done since Babe Ruth, right? right? And, I mean, we've had guys try occasionally. The The name Brooks Kieschnick comes to mind. If you guys don't remember Brooks Kieschnick, he was a Brewers pinch hitter slash relief pitcher. Terrible at both things. <laughs> so he tried, failed. This guy is doing something that no one has done in 100 years almost. So you deserve some kind of award. You deserve some kind of plaque. So Otani is my AL MVP. I mean, uh, rookie of the year. All right. Yeah, I had a uh, Otani too. I, I kind of wanted to go and Duhar here, who's also having a great rookie year. He's might break the Yankee record for rookie doubles. He has like forty plus doubles. He has twenty five plus home runs. Uh, big force in the middle of the lineup when there was literally no infield in April, where um, 
Brandon Drury got hurt, who was supposed to be the starting third baseman. He's now traded because of Andujar's success at third base. So he's having a fine year himself, but I agree with Tim. Uh, all the stats he rattled off. No rookie uh, has not won rookie of the year with a 560 slugging percentage, and that's exactly what Otani has. So it'd be you know a first-time thing if that happens. Um, but, yeah, he pitched with 3-3 ERA and 10 starts. And in spring, we were kind of like, yo, is this guy going to start in the minors or what's going on? Like his stuff isn't getting one out. He can't hit and will be pitching. Well, that got shut down real quick as he had a fantastic year. He only played 100 games. Uh, he's going to have to undergo Tommy John surgery. But he finished the season, so that's, like, a big part of my vote. If they would have shut him down, it would have been, you know, easy for me to give it to Andujar. But I got to go with Otani. It's something we've never seen before, like Tim said, two-way player. Um, we'll see what happens next year. But for this year, definitely Otani, rookie of the year. Mm. I say that because he's going to have to undergo Tommy John surgery. So yeah. he might DH all next year. He might take time off just to rehab and get back to being a two-way player. We don't know. But for now, definitely rookie of the year. I mean, I think the fact that he pitched gives him the edge here because the other guys have more than like 200 plate appearances than he did. And their batting average are up to par with his. Um, boss, you, you could attest to this more since you're a Yankee fan and you watched them. I mean, I know how much you watch the Yankees. Wouldn't wouldn't you say Andujar was like their most consistent hitter all year? Yeah, for sure. Like he's hitting two ninety six. He's hovered around three hundred all year, and he's just been a presence when they needed someone. When Judge went down, he kind of held it together along with Stanton for a little bit. So yeah, I mean, he's been a monster and anything better than anything you know I could have imagined in his first year. Yeah, and I just think it's crazy knowing what Jacob the. Jacob DeGrom ended up doing this year. Like, wasn't there was like rumors of uh, at the trade deadline between like either Glaber or Andujar going to the Mets for DeGrom, and the Yankees were like not with that. So that says a lot about these two guys. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they're at the at the start of the year it was Glaber. It was his award yeah. to lose, and then uh, you know it kind of fell off a bit. You know, midseason slump has happens to a lot of guys, and Andujar pretty much stayed consistent the whole year, which on his own team, put him in front of Glaber in running for the award. So, but yeah, I, I you know, they're both great. I, I think it's going to be, it's kind of like, I think 60, 40 Otani. It's definitely a close race. I, agree. Um, I think it could go to Andujar. wouldn't be mad, but I, I'm going to give the edge to Otani. Who would you take, Nick? Uh, I'm, I'm going with Otani just because of the pitching though. The other guys oh, had yeah, more right. plate appearances and, and Andujar had like, uh, his batting average is better than Otani's, but I think him pitching is is crazy. Word. All right. What about in the NL? Who's the rookie? In the I, NL? I, I wanna I wanna go I wanna go first on this one, and um, I'm picking Acuna just because like the Braves came out of nowhere. Of all the teams that made the playoffs, they they were the longest long shot to make it in the beginning of the year, and also because like he hit that stretch where he hit a home run in like eight straight games or some shit. Yeah, that's insane. Remember he got he got plunked because he you know he does his job, but in baseball you get beamed by a pitch when you do your job uh and also there was some kid that was like he would tweet at me for no i have no idea why but he would always just tweet at me ronald acuna jr in all caps anytime like he'd hit a home run and like it, i was trying to wonder if i ever said anything bad about the guy that he was just like cutting my ass but yeah like i mean the braves are in the playoffs and he's a big reason why so i'm going with him for rookie of the year just putting this out there so the, the baseball fucking vitriol is coming out already in football, if you're doing your job, you get hit harder. And in basketball, if you're doing your job going to the lane, you get fouled harder. So it happens in all sports. You got to get checked. That's how it goes in competitive sports. But I'm going to Acuna, Acuna as well. Uh, for the same reason Nick said, like, 
his stats are there: twenty six home runs, sixty one RBI, sixteen stolen bases, batted two ninety all year. Um, he was, but he's the leader of a team that is led by young guys. Uh, I mean, maybe Freddie Freeman's the leader of that squad, but he led the charge in terms of the young, the new, fresh faces coming up. Um, this team wasn't supposed to compete. Uh, no one thought they could compete. Well, no one except my brothers, Michael and Jason. They called this uh, in the in the early season, but I didn't know any other experts that. Uh, said that the Braves were even going to compete, let alone make the playoffs. And then you got a guy like this coming up and making such an impact and such a such a difference maker right off the bat. Uh, it's hard to think of anyone else that has had that kind of impact, rookie or otherwise. Bro, Juan as Soto? As, as soon as they, they got I'm talking about in terms of wins. Okay, like Juan okay, Soto okay. came in and he lit the world on fire. But it didn't translate to wins for the Nationals. Right, right, right. This definitely translated to wins for the Braves. I just wanted to mention Juan Soto because he's having a you know comparable year. But I give slight edge to Acuna as well just because he has the the edge in the power department. He's a better defender too. I think his WAR is two over um, four point one WAR. Yeah, it's two wins Which, above replacement above um, Juan Soto because Juan Soto lacks in defense and Acuna's a speedster. Like Tim said, sixteen stolen bases. I think Soto only has four or five. So. He has speed, tracks down a ton of baseballs that would otherwise be hits. And, yeah, I mean, he does it all. And he's, like Tim said, on a, on a winning team, a big factor in why they won the, that division. Uh, sealed it up pretty early, too. And, yeah, I'm going with Acuna. That defense is defense is an underrated uh, factor in these things because Acuna is the, clearly the better defender of the two. And, uh, yeah, that's all I have to say. I mean, both are 20. <laughs> I'll just say both. Acuna's 20 years old and Soto's 19, so they're both going to be elite for like a long That's time insane. to come. They're already top players, you know, in that at least. Clean sweeps of the rookie of the year. I feel like this is an easier rookie of the year than most years. Otani and Acuna. Yeah. I think Acuna, Acuna Soto's going to be Otani. Shut rookie the of the year. Up. Yo, that was good. Don't nah, even nah, fuck nah, around. Nah. Acuna, Otani? What? Yo, fucks with me, though. Yo, you're the man, dude. Thank you. You're the man, dude. I appreciate it. I like to thank my family, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> that's like gunshots, doesn't it? <laughs> Jesus, I had to put it closer because I wouldn't know. I didn't know if you guys would hear it. <laughs> uh, all right, cool. Let's go to Cy Young then. We'll start in the AL. All right, uh, yeah, let's start in the AL because I'm going to be rambling a lot for the NL. Here we go. Um, <laughs> my AL Cy Young Award winner is Blake Snell. Now, 21 wins—that is the type of wins that you're expecting uh, out of out of a, a winner. But he's it was kind of like the, besides the wins. The DeGrom of the American League. He was playing in a division that had three of the top six offenses in the enti- in baseball. And he pitched to a 1.9 ERA. Now, when I was looking for who should win this award, the one thing that stuck out is he only pitched 175 innings and 30 starts, which translates to less than six innings per start. Uh, I would hold that against him if it wasn't 2018. I feel like if it was 2012, that would have completely disqualified him from the from the conversation. But he, he a lot of production, 211 strikeouts. Uh, he only walks 60 batters, so well uh, about a four to one ratio there, give or take a few, uh, which is definitely elite. Uh, he led the league in hits per nine, only 5.6 hits per nine innings. Um, he led the league in ERA plus. So. Uh, I think Blake Snell, because of not only what he did on the field, but who he did it against in that division, I think he's the Cy Young Award winner this year. Yeah, I have Blake Snell, too. 190 RA, and the AL East is pretty impressive. I I put his name down as Blake All-Star Snub Snell because he wasn't even in the All-Star game, and he eventually did get in because Corey Kluber pulled out with a knee injury. But, 
yeah, he's having a monster. He's, he, I think he should win Cy Young. He's the only starter, that viable starter anyway, left on that team after the Chris Archer trade for a team that, you know, introduced the bullpen game this year. So this team has the chance to win 90 games if they win two out of three this weekend against uh, Toronto. So he's doing it on a good team. Granted, the Orioles, we say there's good teams. The Orioles are also historically bad. They're, I think that, they won like 44 games this year. So yeah, that's, that factors into. And know, one of the worst offenses in the league. Right, right. So if we're going to talk about the Yankees and the Red Sox, you got to bring up the Orioles. But yeah, I got Blake Snow winning the, the AL Cy Young. Yo, Tim, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I feel like nowadays a quality start is like, what, five innings? Nah, six innings, three runs or less. Yes. Yeah, but like teams turn to the bullpen a lot quicker than they did in the past so like him not only pitching 170 innings is not the end of the world 175 innings but uh yeah dude the fact that he did it against that division with the teams that were in there um i, I think that's very impressive so yeah i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with uh blake snell as well are we that's a clean sweep for three in a row the fuck's going on here is it gonna be a sweep uh, for this nah <laughs> <laughs> i already know it sucks i already know who tim's taking so tim and i'll say young Oh, uh, hmm. Let me see. Who is it going to be? Jacob motherfucking DeGrom, people. If he's not, I don't fuck with you anymore. That's it. That's it. I don't think Tim's going to fuck with me anymore. <laughs> he's not, he's look, not. look, look. The numbers speak for themselves, right? 1.70 ERA, 269 Ks, only 46 walks, a .912 whip. That's r- ridiculous. Not only that, when runners were on base, he got better. Jacob DeGrom's entire career has been he is so good because he can pitch out of problems with runners empty the ops was with bases empty i'm sorry ops against was 531 which is extremely low right that's by the way on base plus slugging percentage right with runners on it falls down to 403 with runners in scoring position it goes over 100 points lower to a 404 so when he gets more pressure he succeeds even further uh, on top of that, Aaron Nola is the second is second in the NL in ERA with a 2.45 ERA. Aaron Nola can throw 90 consecutive innings of scoreless ball, and he still would not catch Jacob Degrom for the ERA lead. Yeah, that's crazy. On top of that, a lot of innings. in Degrom starts, opposing pitchers had an ERA that matched Nola's 2.45, and he still finished above 500. So he was in his 32 starts, he faced a Cy Young Award winning quality pitcher every time that's how bad the Mets were on offense I was about to say that yeah. he had he had the second least uh run support in the entire league um uh, there's a popular meme going around uh that shows that if the Mets had scored four runs per game in the ground oh, starts hold on my thunder I was gonna all right I'll let I'll let I'll let, I'll let, I'll let Nick take that Christ, but I got more I got a giant hard on for the ground look I Shout out to Steph Grutas, one of our one of our friends, uh, friend of the show, friend of us, ours from generations. I put Degrom in my top five pitchers in the major leagues in on Twitter, and he just let me have it. How could you do this? You're a homer. Yeah, yeah, he's been this good, but this year he put it all together. Um, also led the league in opponent slugging percentage and opponents on base percentage. So he gave up the least amount of extra base hits. He let the least amount of people on base. Um, yeah, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let uh, Nick take that uh, take the popular meme that's been going around. Don't forget, Nick. Though we got to add one to all those because he pitched another lights out uh, another lights out game in his last start of the year. Who that just kind of cemented it. Um, Jacob Degrom. 
is my NL. I want to know this uh, this stat now. I I mean I don't know what the meme is, but I was listening to the radio and they were saying how like if the Mets scored four runs in every start that he had, he would have went undefeated this year. <laughs> Not only undefeated, thirty-one to zero. Yeah, and one no decision. Wow. One no decision. And if, if they scored three runs, he'd be twenty-six and five. And like, this <laughs> look at Joe's face. Yo, yo, hold on. This one, this one is the craziest because like four runs is, you know, I, I feel you. Four runs, it's not. In, if they would have scored two runs in his starts, he'd be twenty-two and seven. What? Oh, come on, dog. Yo, I'd be like, yo, you guys give me a billion dollars, I'm not staying. Yo, the like, I'm not <laughs> staying. I'm, I'm, I am leaving. I don't care how much money you have. I think. The yo, Mets- that's insane. Two runs. The Mets were yeah. were much better in the second half. Wait, what, what did he finish? What was his record? 10-9. Ten, ten and, and nine. nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's insane. Yeah. Oh, my God. 10-9. and nine. But the Mets were so bad that a Cy Young Mets quality suck. pitcher, if you average out the ERA in all of his starts against him, was pitching against the Mets every every single time. Yo, that's crazy, dude. The Mets and have you, a history of doing so this. So, wait, you don't bad. have him. So, who do you no. have? Uh, listen, I have Max Scherzer. Ugh. The nemesis. Disgusting. Yo, Max Scherzer, um, 12.2K per nine, pitched 200 plus innings for the sixth straight season. He's Mr. Reliable on a, you know, on a Nats team that has been in the playoffs the last couple of years. They had a bad year this year. But I think the most impressive stat to me is 300 strikeouts this year on the nose. Um, he's one of six pitchers to do that the last 20 years. The other six were Kurt Schilling, Pedro, Randy Johnson, Kershaw, and Chris Sale last year did it. So... Yeah, I got I got Mad Max. Shout out to Aaron. I will Polo. say this so, though. So wait, do you have actually Scherzer, or you're like you just want to just go against the? Grain? I think he's being a troll. I think he's just. Being I mean, a I think Scherzer right is easily a viable candidate to win this. He's award. sitting there with his Yankees shirt on. Like, come on. Listen, Jacob Degrom pitched way more high stress innings just because the Mets suck. Yeah. Like the games are way closer throughout most of. It. That's why he has ten wins and nine losses and probably plenty more no decisions. But Scherzer's just an animal, yo. Three hundred strikeouts. That's unheard of it's a three-horse race it's the grom scherzer and aaron nola shout out to aaron nola who had an excellent season another guy that michael was all has been all over he was i remember that yeah so um but i mean when you have a historically good year like the grom doesn't matter what your record is scherzer's one of only 60 to i think do that 300 strikeouts by the way Mm. all right now let's get to the mvps uh we'll start in the al who's your al mvp you want to start, boss? No, nah, I really don't. I know you don't. Right? Yeah, nah, I, don't. I, I, <laughs> well, I mean, it's a Red Sox. Right? Yeah, that's why. Because yeah, I mean, the, y'all love it. The MVP is Mookie Betts, and the reason why the MVP is Mookie Betts is because his stats are just so much gaudier than everybody else's. No, um, <laughs> his batting average is 346, 32 home runs, 80 RBIs, batting in the top of the order, 30 stolen bases. Um, a, he led the league in slugging percentage with a 643. He has an O. PS of 1.079. Um, good for best in baseball. Good for... Is it? it it's, uh, I think Trout is behind them and then J.D. Martinez, yeah. Okay, so I, I don't have that stat, but if it's good for best in baseball, there you go. Another league-leading stat. Uh, On-base percentage of 437, which means he was on-base 44% of the time that he was at bat, which is fucking bananas, is right? <laughs> um, when, you ha- when you're batting in front of J.D. Martinez, it is a, li- a little easier. I was, I was kind of t- leaning towards Chris Davis... Until I got here, I started. Make, yeah, I yeah, have him my honorable mention because he should get some love. I, I had Crush him. Needs some love. Until I started doing research, and I'm like, yo, as much as I want Crush to nah, be MVP, he can't. His yeah, numbers yeah. aren't there. But 
Uh, there's a crazy stat about Carson Davis that he's batted exactly like 248 for the last three years. Yeah, I've seen that. Like the most consistent player. He's actually hitting 249 right now. Yeah, he's hitting 249, but he has, he has a couple <laughs> games to go. <laughs> like the most consistent player of all time. Led the league in home runs, and he was the catalyst of a, of a team who um, was not supposed to compete at all. In my opinion, even more surprising than the Braves is the A's being in the playoffs this year. Um, but... I, I mean, back to Mookie Betts. Uh, he's the leader of a team that is has completely dominated from right to the start of the end to the end of the season. Um, so Mookie Betts is my pick for AL MVP. Yo, can I ask you guys a question about this award in particular in the American League? Is, is there Mike Trout fatigue the way there is LeBron James fatigue in the NBA? I think what I think what it is is that the most valuable player award usually goes to a player on a winning team. And Mike Trout not hasn't played for a winning team. Nah, definitely not in baseball, bro. It, Stanton won it last year. I mean, but that was a there. that's a rare case. You can so you can talk about Stanton, you talk yeah, but about Trout has some too. Andre Dawson back in the day for the Cubs. Like those uh, Trout, that's it. That's just those three guys. You need to be head and shoulders above the rest. Like if you're if you're comparing Mike Trout, if you're saying Mike Trout should be the MVP, Mookie Betts has comparable numbers. JD Martinez has comparable right, right. numbers. This year they do for sure. So like if if there's a tiebreaker like that, that's the reason go why the I'm going to go to the better team. Mm. Why you got Mike Trout? I was just no, 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 I was just asking. I, I'm going with Mookie as well, but I was just wondering because like this guy has never not finished in in a. He's won it twice, and in seasons in which he's played a whole season, he's never finished worse than fourth. So like that reminds me of LeBron James. I mean, yeah, he's I was the best if, player in baseball. He is the LeBron yeah, but, of baseball. Yeah, like it's just it, it could be just like Mike Trout fatigue. Like, all right, yo, we know he's a we know he's the best player in baseball, but let's just give it to someone else. Yeah, who has like a gaudier stat line? I guess it's hard to find a gaudier stat line in Mike Trout. Yeah, he's right up there with <laughs> yeah. my MVP. I have a JD Martinez. He leads the league in RBIs thanks to the table setter Mookie Betts getting on forty four percent of the time. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean he leads the league in RBIs. He's second in home runs to Crush, who we mentioned, who needs some love. Uh, 40 plus home runs again where he had that monster year between Detroit and Arizona last year so that signing kind of paid off for a guy they said likes to go opposite field and wouldn't be a good signing for Fenway he used the monster a little bit yeah um, and yeah he's second in average so only Mookie Betts so I like the Mookie Betts pick I think he's probably the favorite at this point he's the table setter he gets on anyway he's fills the power numbers up but JD Martinez is in that middle of the order, and he does all the damage. He leads the league, like I said, in RBI. So that's, for me, I think the production is what gets it done. I, that's why I lean JD over Mookie, but I'm not mad at the Mookie pick either. I think it could go either way. Trout also is right in between those two with every offensive stat in the AL. So either one of those three I wouldn't be mad with, but I'm going to lean J, JD. JD Martinez has been a shady superstar in Detroit. For years now. Years on years. This dude got like cut from the Astros, I think, years ago. And then like Detroit picked him up. And he, he put it all together. Yeah, He's he did. 30 and 100 for like four or five straight years. And when when you talk about him, like this is the best lineup he's ever been in. And it's good to see him take advantage of that in this kind of way. Uh, definitely, definitely big J.D. Martinez guy. Uh, so if he won, yeah, I would not be mad at all. Uh, all right, cool. Let's go to the NL just to wrap this up. Uh, the NL MVP. Should I start? Are you yeah. going to Grom? Sure. No, uh, I, right. I could have went to Grom. I think if Degrom had like twenty-one wins, like Blake Snell did, yeah. I would have. It would have easily been Jacob Degrom. If he had twenty-one wins, the Mets probably would have been contending in some way. But 
You know, I could do all, okay, I could make it only dream. <laughs> um, Christian Yelich is my NL MVP. Now, uh, the, one of the reasons why he's he hasn't been in the conversation up until now is because he caught absolute fire um, as the year went on. Had a kind of a regular average Christian Yelich type, which is very good first half. He's a beast. And then turned it on next level. Uh in the second half getting traded to the Brewers was a godsend to him he went from that giant ballpark that mm-hmm. sucks for lefties in, in Miami he goes to a ballpark that's very friendly for, to lefties in, in Milwaukee right field is very nice in yeah very friendly very friendly now he leads the NL in average slugging and on base plus slugging what more can you ask for from a guy in the middle of the order on top of that he has 21 steals so he like leads off of them doesn't he he's bringing the power he's bringing the speed um Plays all three off, uh, outfield positions, which is also an underrated quality that he has. Plays all three at extremely high level. Um, uh, being uh, wait, what's the word? Uh, jack of all trades on defense mm-hmm. is probably the the calling card of some of the NL people because the NLs you see them starting to break the mold of everyone has a position, led of course by Joe Madden. Everyone everyone follows the leader in terms of that. So um, I think Christian Yellis, because he's turned up at the clutch time and because he's leading the league in every single thing that you could be leading the league in in, in hitting, it just makes sense. Christian Yellich is, Yellich is my MVP. And the Brewers are in the playoffs. They are. Fighting for the division. Going into the final yes, weekend. yes, yes. Tonight's going to be a big one for them. Yeah. Well, the next three are. Because the Cardinals, Cardinals are playing the Cubs. Currently, so I think the Cubs are beating them. Oh, right now they're, they're, yeah, they're in the middle f- of it? So the Cardinals playing the Cubs, so it's going to be big for the Brewers. Cardinals to are fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah. Yes, yes, and the Cubs, the Cubs. There's no, there's no guarantee the Cubs are running that division, like you said. Right. So it's they got to win. Um, I'm going to Cubby. I got Javi Baez, 34 home runs, 111 RBIs, and 21 stolen bases. Dude's career high stolen bases was I think 10 coming into this year. So when he came up, everyone knew him for his glove work, and he's his glove work is world class. But he's finally put it all together. I don't think he hit higher than 260, which is still good for, you know, a major league second baseman. This year he's got it up to, I think, in the 280s. So he's really stepped up without Chris Bryan, who's had that wrist issue for, you know, most of the season. The Cubs are struggling, as we just said. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's really held it down for them, him and Rizzo, pretty much in that middle of the lineup. So I got Javi Baez. Like you said, jack of all trades. He's pretty much a, a utility middle infielder. He plays shortstop. He plays second. Anywhere you need him, he's there. And he's really put it all together for a 25-year-old who came up and was like, no, he can't hit. He's just all glove. Now he's an MVP candidate putting up these gaudy stats, 30-plus home runs. I didn't really see that in Javi Baez when he came up. So good to see him putting it together. Still young, like I said, 25. And uh, he's right up there with Yelich, in my opinion, for MVP. And in an award which I think is just like the NL, the most wide-open MVP race in some time. Another thing for him is he brings that like swag factor like right. that you can't measure. That team thrives off his energy, and that energy spreads around the clubhouse, and he brings that. So that's another factor that you can't really account for. Same with Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts kind of is the silent leader. Uh, Jacob DeGrom as well. He's a guy that everyone rallies around. So that kind of – and I said the same thing for Akuna. So when you have those things, that's another reason why you deserve an award because – when you can rally your clubhouse together, it's not as measurable, but it's just as uh, palpable. Bars. <laughs> Who you got, Nick? Yeah, this is going to be crazy, but I'm going with Jacob DeGrom. Okay. Mm. And the reason why is uh, there's a headline on MLB.com that says DeGrom has a season 
of legends. Yeah. Now I know we like to throw legends out in different terms, but like, yo, when you have like legendary season, and if you could look past the win loss record, I think he's up to par with all these guys. And I know a lot of people have like the stigma of, oh, it's a position, it's a position player award kind of thing. But like Clayton Kershaw has won it too. Eric Gagne like won it one year, didn't he? He's done. Uh, he's he? done the double. I, think so. I mean, I mean, you guys would have to know that one. Yeah, Eric Gagne. Shout out to the glasses and like eighty nine thousand straight saves that he had that one year. That yeah. Um, but yeah, y'all. Like, I mean, if you're gonna hold it against him that he's not a position player, fine. I, I guess so. But like, he's just up to. He's in that discussion with these guys too. So you're going to Grom? Yeah. Why not? All right. Because, yo, like, yo, think about this, too, right? Like, what are you going to remember this year from? Like, DeGrom being so dominant is going to be in that discussion. Especially nowadays. He gave up, he gave up almost no home runs when everyone's going for home runs. I, I, I just want to say this again. His fastball rises. I know it's not mathematical. I know it's defying the laws of gravity and physics. But it does. It just does. Just Deal with it, ball, people. Bro. Huh? This isn't wiffle ball. Yes, when he throws it is. <laughs> yeah, wiffle ball used to have that rising pitch. Fire. Dude, I don't know how anyone, Viagra. I don't know how anyone hits a professional wiffle ball pitch. Yeah, I mean either. It, should like, yeah, it, that's it makes no sense. That's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, enough of this shit. And then, and then at the end, too, like let you know it's a strike. Yeah. Yo, jo- Joey is the Jacob DeGrom. No of, shot. Uh, ball. Absolutely not. I'm a good wiffle ball pitcher. You are not at all. I, will... I have like five pitches. Bro, I crushed your shit. When? <laughs> when we used to play by your mom's house. I literally have not lost when I pitch. <laughs> yeah, no way. There's no there, there way. There was also were... a rule that, that was like, yo, you can only you have to pitch on and off. Yes, like yes. I, yes, I had to pitch an inning and then I couldn't pitch the next one. Someone else had to pitch and then I could come back. Yo, we did that because we couldn't hit Joey. <laughs> and then you I, couldn't hit Joey. I would <laughs> fucking hit Joey. Eric Eric would pitch, throw nine hundred miles an hour, never hit the fucking thing. Never hit the, the chair. Just walk in like nine runs. That's that was Eric in general. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. Eric yeah. is just like yeah, gas all out. That's his personality too. Can't control hundred miles an hour. Never hit the chair. Exactly. <laughs> <Hold me. laughs> um, all right, cool. Let's get to spitball. <laughs> Knew that was coming. Uh, we're gonna start with fuck cancer. Uh, shout out to Texas basketball player. Uh, his name is lost in your phone right now. Escaping me right now. He's got scroll. 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 Do you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Andrew Jones. Um, B cancer, leukemia. He's back practicing part-time with Texas, the basketball team. Not sure whether he'll play this year. You know, it's obviously a long recovery, but good just to see him back out there with his teammates. Pretty awesome. It was uh leukemia battle was well documented last year. Mm-hmm. He had videos of him shoot, finally shooting a basketball and stuff. So definitely a feel-good story and good to see him back out there. Nice. Uh, my time is up here. That's you, Nick. <laughs> oh, shit. Yo, we are My dropping bad. the ball. <laughs> there, guys. My bad. Uh, Kelly Bryant is transferring from Clemson now that uh, Trevor Lawrence is coming in to steal the position, shit. the highly touted freshman that I've had my eye on for like a year now because he was at the Nike Elite 11 camp that Trent Dilford does. And he would always, you know, they called him Sunshine because he looks like Sunshine from uh, Remember the Titans. And also because Trent Dilfer always had him being the dummy for every throw. So he would say like, oh, we're running we're running corner routes into the end zone. And he'd be like, yo, Trevor, come here, come here. Show him how it's done. 
and like he'd be salivating over the kid. So he's a highly touted prospect. Um, you'll hear his name on Sundays, and yeah, Kelly Bryant is now going to transfer out. Uh, another nail in the box. HBO is dropping its boxing coverage. Uh, boxing on HBO, I think it's called. Uh, after 45 years, this was once a staple uh, in the boxing world. Iconic voices like Jim Lampley and Max Kellerman uh, were born of that. Uh, it's now out. You can blame many factors. Uh, boxing is losing popularity. Uh, one of them is definitely the UFC. Another one is corruption. We were just talking about the corruption the other day. Um, the ton of promotions. The promotions. The no, like no one really knows what the hell's going on over there. So, uh, boxing continues to lose, and this is a big loss for them because HBO was one of the uh, the main purveyors of boxing in the world. Like you said, forty five years. Like all I know is boxing on HBO. Yeah. No boxing anywhere else. Showtime has gotten in the game, but right, 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 a little bit of Showtime, and the, and they they took over a little bit because of Mayweather. Mayweather signed on with Showtime, so they got all the big fights of the Mayweather fights. But yeah, HBO dropping it. HBO also dropped their porn. Apparently, no what? one no one likes softcore porn anymore. Of course, yo, you can go online you can and go see online. people oh. getting fucking yeah. f- a foot inside them. And yeah, shit. Right exactly. Yeah, exactly. So no right more here. porn and no more boxing. On HBO two staples of HBO. Yeah. <laughs> two things that I used to <laughs> religiously was, uh, watch when I was a young child. I was a big hotel erotica guy. Yo. <laughs> Red Shoe Diaries. What the fuck is that? One time Joey Tribbiani from Friends was on it. No lie. He's in a softcore Fire. porn. Nice. Yeah. He saw his meat? That's dope. Nah, you That's don't, it's softcore porn. Oh, yeah, you so you don't just, see his There's a lot of rubbing. No, no meat. No penetration. No penetration. Uh, shown the door. Uh, Jeff Bannister and John Gibbons have been shown the door by their respective MLB teams, the Rangers and the Blue Jays. Uh, look for more guys to be shown the door and... Bigger names to pop up on the managerial radar, particularly Joe Girardi, who probably is the hottest candidate out there. Yep. Um, but yeah, Red's job is open too because they fired their manager early in the year and never really they had the interim tag on that. So definitely a few jobs that are that are open already and will be opening up uh, going forward into the MLB offseason, which is upon us. Kind of kind of a unfair deal for those guys. Like they're not great managers by any means, but two shitty rosters. Bannister had won a couple divisions when he started out there; they were good. But. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Two shitty rosters. 165 title. So apparently at UFC 230 at the Garden, uh, Poirier and Diaz, Nate Diaz that is, might be fighting for the newly created, I guess, 165 title. Um, But there's been like mixed reports. Like Nate Diaz says that Dustin Poirier is not signing on. Then then Dustin Poirier is retweeting him. Like, no, that's not the case, whatever. But they still don't have a headlining fight. Right, boss, or am I bugging? No, yeah, they don't. They don't have a main event, so maybe if they introduce that as a as a title fight, because a lot of their fighters that are champions now are are either injured or the guy that they're supposed to fight isn't cleared yet, like DC and Cormier, uh, DC and Lesnar, excuse me. So yeah, it'd be cool. I'm a, I I've become a big Nate Diaz guy, so that'd be pretty fire. Fuck that. <laughs> As Nate Bro. Diaz would say. What? Yeah, yeah. Nate said, <laughs> what? Like, if it's not the belt, I'm not. I'll see you next year. Oh. But nah, fuck that. Fuck what, the new title? <laughs> yeah. Nah, it's like, it's whack. It's just another reason for Connor's eight-fight deal to just yeah. fight for more titles. Yeah. Word. It's whack because it's also like five pounds away from another 70, title. yeah. Like, all the 70s are going to drop down to be, like, there's going to be mad multiple champions, two weight-class champions. Like, Woodley yeah. will drop to 65. Yeah, that's corny. Uh, reading the signs of the time. 
Eric Reed was signed by the Panthers. Former Pro Bowl safety was a free agent because he chose to kneel with Cap and no other reason at all. I remember we had a debate on this episode of whether Kaepernick was being blackballed or not. And you're like, and you guys are like, because he sucks. You know that you can't say that Eric Reed sucks. He's being blackballed because he protested and he's uh, joining the Panthers. Who their former owner, who got ousted, was. Um, was in the middle of uh, some crazy shit, and now the Panthers are kind of uh, leading the charge on some social rights issues, which is cool. Another thing about the Panthers that I wanted to say, DNFA Adoba won the Defensive Player of the Week award. Now, usually that's pretty, um, pretty like, uh, you know, I wouldn't even mention it. Yeah, it's overlooked a lot. By the way, who picks the NFL Defensive Player of the Week award? Not I you. heard this question posed on another podcast. I don't know. And I'm extremely curious about it because they didn't know either. Um, so if anyone knows, please tweet at us because no one could seem to find out. It's probably some committee of like, so I don't know. He was trafficked as a kid. They're only saying trafficked, either slavery or of some size. Human sort. trafficking. Human regardless. trafficking. He was trafficked to the United Kingdom. Didn't start playing football till he was 22. Last week was his first game in the NFL. He had two sacks. One of the sacks got taken away from from him uh, because of a penalty and an interception and one defensive player of the week in his first ever game in the NFL. So congratulations to Effie Aboda. I'm sorry, Abada. Effie Abada. That's how you say it. Effie Abada. Uh, Congratulations, bro. Uh, You deserve all the accolades. Afterwards, he was like so happy and shit. It was good to see a guy go through so much hardship and then uh, come out and be the fucking defensive player of the week in the NFL his first week. Crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, really awesome. Uh, speaking of NFL, we could uh, switch over to the NFL. We're going to give you the games of the week here. We have three this week. Sometimes we have four. First game that we're going over is the Ravens at the Steelers. The Ravens are sitting pretty at two and one. The Steelers are one one and one. One one and one. One one and one. In the win column. Yeah, in the win column. Squeezed past the Bucks. <laughs> Barely. What was that, 30-27? And you could blame the Bucks for fucking that up. At the end of the game, the Bucks handed the ball off, and the Steelers chose not to call a timeout. So the, uh, the play would obviously be run the ball again. Bucks two passes, two incompletes, end up kicking a field goal, and then the Steelers come back and score the points that they needed to win. So a uh, little, little nuance of the game there that really turned the, the tide. Uh, just Just play calling and... The Steelers just outclassed them in terms of just like thinking about the game. They they you know they dared them like yo, run the ball again, and they they couldn't. All right, so who do you have in this game though? Ravens uh, and Steelers. So the Ravens and Steelers are always going to play each other hard. Yeah. Uh, this game is always in the trenches, a battle. They these teams fucking hate each other. Um, one thing that I think is, uh, something that's coming to light as the year progresses is that this Ravens offense is not the same offense that it had. Uh, once upon a time, this is a very good offense. Um, their their weapons on the outside. John Brown has been fantastic. Uh, Michael Crabtree is still a guy who can go up and make a contested catch. Willie Snead out of the slot has been really good. Uh, Buck Allen out of the backfield has been a really major key for their for for their success. I like that combo. It's like the Bruiser Alex Collins will get in there, and then you could you know the Lightning. Of like you said, Buck Allen. I like that that combo. I think it gives Steelers trouble. Yeah, and it, a couple of years ago, everyone loved Danny Woodhead in fantasy because the Ravens throw their backs so much. Fast forward a year later, Buck Allen is being that guy. So right. uh, he's he's really uh, on the defense. They're going to miss Jimmy Smith, especially against the wide receiver core like the Steelers. Um, 
I, the Steelers, on the other hand, Big Ben's having a good year, but there's something about this team that just seems to be missing. I can't put my finger on it because their offense is, put, is still explosive, but it's just something they're missing. It could be Le'Veon. I mean, that's a big thing. So I, I, I don't know how this game will turn out. I know it will be a close one. I think if the Ravens end up pulling this one out, all of a sudden a lot of people look at the Ravens differently. So I, I think this is a, a, a statement win that the, for the Ravens if they can win. I think what the what the Steelers are missing is the ability to cover wide receivers because that defense is really really bad. Um, Fitzpatrick was able to do whatever he wanted. I mean, sure he threw some interceptions, but one one of them got tipped. Also, um, I don't know. I don't like this. I don't like this defense for the Steelers. The defensive line is is good. I really like, and I was always a fan of uh, Vance McDonald um, last year when they traded from him. For him from the uh, San Francisco 49ers, you know, he caught like 10 passes in that game against the Jaguars. And the only issue with him is that he's never healthy. And if you can have a guy like that, that could be your uh, an athletic tight end for Big Ben, I think that changes the dynamic of that offense because now Juju is Juju's like top five in scrimmage yards in the NFL. Um, and he's, he's balling out. AB hasn't really had a monster game yet. And he's been a raven killer, especially the times that Jimmy Smith hasn't played. And then, like, I really like this kid, James Washington. I was a fan of his. Well, do you remember him at Oklahoma State, right, with Mason Rudolph? Yeah. It was last year. Like your... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, like, he really came onto the scene, like, two years ago, though, with his, his freshman year. And he's, like, that prototype Big 12 wide receiver that just puts up video game numbers. And he's they're starting to get him more involved also. Um I, I, I like the Steelers in this game at home on primetime. This, this is the Sunday night football game. Yeah, I like the Ravens here. Um, what they showed me against Tampa was very little. I know Fitzpatrick made some horrible decisions. He gave them a pick six, which ultimately decided the game on the scoreboard. Just handed it to him. So yeah, was- right before half, it was just t- some terrible mistakes by Fitz. Um, they really haven't shown me much Pittsburgh through three weeks. Big Ben is missing AB on some big throws down the sideline. They, something's off there with that connection, is, which is usually money. Uh, James Conner, I know he has those all-purpose yards because I see our buddy Danny always tweeting about that, that he doesn't miss Le'Veon Bell because James Conner is filling in just fine. But James Conner on the ground the last two weeks, meh. Like, what has he done besides yeah, yeah. seal the game? He did seal the game. I will give him that. He had some big carries uh, the last drive for them. He had, like, two 10-yard pickups, which was obviously huge at the time. But other than that, kind of been non-existent in the running game. I know they were playing from behind against the Chiefs, but last week was a perfect chance to get him involved again, and we didn't see it. So I don't know. I don't really see much. Juju is, I think, the focal point of this offense, as we've seen through three weeks. And I think Baltimore, like Tim says, the weapons now on the outside, they can mix it up. They implement everyone from John Brown to Willie Sneed to Crabtree. Everyone's involved. The two running backs. I think it's going to be a long day for the Steelers, and I, I think the Ravens win this game. All right. I mean, just another thing. John Connor worst haircut in football. Like horrible, horrible. James Connor. James Connor. John Connor. Is Terminator. John Connor, <laughs> our former fullback. Our former fullback. The guy who yes. Rex Ryan just was so happy about drafting a fullback in the fucking fourth round for some reason. The Whatever. Terminator. Gotta love it. He was. Yeah, he wasn't but, bad. I mean, but he was a fullback. In the I, fourth I, round. I, 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 uh, this is the, definitely going to be a, a hardcore. I, I wouldn't be surprised if like. Nick, this is shout out to you. This is gonna be a no holds barred 
uh, no disqualification. Backstage brawl. Backstage brawl match. Uh, with, like <laughs> buried first, alive. First person thrown off the Titantron wins. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. If there's a few injuries coming out of this game. Uh, this 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 game has always fought hard. Yeah, hard. I, I feel like our whole lives it's always been like Ravens and Steelers. Like when they play each other, it's just like because it used to be like the Steelers offense versus. I mean, the Steelers defense actually is historically good. Also, yeah. But the the Ravens defense when we were growing up was like incredible too. So it was always like a hard fought battle. It's interesting to see because oh sorry, go ahead, Dick. No, they're gonna get uh the Ravens defense is probably gonna get CJ Mosley back this week, and I, I feel like he's a very slept on linebacker, and he has similar splits to uh, Sean Lee and Luke Keekley when he's not in there. Yeah, and you saw the Ravens struggle, and they're giving they're getting Jimmy Smith back next week, so that's two CJ Mosley and Jimmy Smith are. Maybe two of their top three defenders in general, uh, Terrell. If you're not counting Terrell Suggs, so if you that those are big additions to a defense that's already kind of played good. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, also, the next game we have here, uh, Eagles at Titans. Interesting. Both two and one. Carson Wentz is back. So Second is Marcus Mariota. So was, well, he was back last week, wasn't he? But he came in because of injury though to Gabbard, who got concussed and drilled. Which, by the way, can we talk about like? You, you're good enough to be the backup. Like you're healthy enough to be the backup, but you're not healthy enough to start. Because like you want to, it's you early give in the him season. an extra week. Yeah. I guess I don't have a problem with that. But if you're gonna give him an extra week, give him an extra week. Well, who are you gonna run out of quarterback? He's dressed. Probably like a dress somebody else, punter or some shit. So nah, I mean, don't go with the punter. I'm just saying. But you gotta have another quarterback on the roster somewhere. Go with him. I thought. I think. He, I think it's just he was all right. I think he's it's healthy like, enough to dress. He's an emergency backup. Yeah. I don't know if you're not if you're not healthy enough to start the game. Why are you healthy enough to finish it? Got to get this dub. That's okay. <laughs> Got to get the dub. That, that's true. That's true. In division. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. I see where you, I. All right. On the road. Big win. Big yeah. win for them. Big win. Titans defense severely slept on. They kind of got uh They kind of got chopped up in that first week. So they kind of left a bad taste in everyone's mouth. Um, but they have a really good secondary. Uh, their defensive line is is above average. I wouldn't call them killers. Uh, but they're keeping the Titans in games. Uh, it's going to be hard to see them doing that this week. But I, I, I like the Titans overall. I think they're a better team than people think. Something about the Titans that just doesn't do it for me. I don't know how they're winning games because there's there's no one on that offense that I like. Yeah, I'm not. Well, really they're winning games. They're winning low-scoring games. They won nine six and what seventeen fourteen was the other one. Right, with their last second field goal. So they, it's their defense yeah. that's, that's setting the, the chat. Well, they have like a, a plethora of like DBs over there. Oh, bars like that. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they have the former Logan Ryan and Malcolm Butler. That's a former Super Bowl winning combination for the Patriots. And then you have Kevin Bard, who obviously is one of the the best, like just nose to the ball dudes in the league. That's. That's a good, good, very good secondary. When sure. Talk about an Eagles team that Alshon Jeffrey might come back. So that's going to be a big addition for them. Mm-hmm. But you're talking about an Eagles team that's so jacked up right now that they had Jordan Matthews starting in the slot last week. Like, they had Jordan Matthews starting. They signed him and started him. On, they signed him on Tuesday, and he started. That's, that's the kind of shit they're dealing with right now. So even with Carson Wentz back, it's gonna be it's gonna be a little crazy. I really like the way they used um, Dallas Goddard. Who, if you guys listen to the, I'm gonna pat myself on the back a little bit here. here if you go. guys listen the to wave. the uh, the not the wave the um he was on the wave. He was too. on the wave. He was on the wave. But if you listen to the the draft preview we did, uh, I I had the Ravens taking him as a tight end 
at the end of the at the end of the draft, or maybe the Steelers or somebody. And I liked him as the best pass catching back coming out of the the draft this year. And you see the amount of damage they can do if they line up Zach Ertz on one side and and him on the other side. I keep on the call him Trey Burton, Dallas Goddard on the other side. You're gonna have a linebacker matched up on one of them. It's gonna be a mismatch. So I, I'm interested to see how the Eagles use Dallas Goddard in this game. Especially if Alshon Jeffrey doesn't play, because he could be a giant X factor in that slot. Because uh, if you have Zach Ertz and him, those are two uncoverable tight ends by linebackers. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna have to get those safeties in, and that and that opens the over the top stuff up for a guy like Nelson Aguilar, a guy like Jordan Matthews. So we'll see we'll see how it's done with the Eagles. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see how Carson Wentz plays. Mm-hmm. He didn't really do it for me last week. He looked yeah. kind of hesitant. He took some sacks. I mean, he's been out. So no, I agree. I agree, and I think maybe he's not. He might not even be ready because I mean, we talked about that—that that loss to the Buccaneers. Like, oh damn, we're one on one. Like, all right, Wentz, come on, we need you now. Like, yeah, but one on one, I don't think is like panic mode. I think I mean, one the way two, they played against like, the Bucks, they didn't really look all that. And no, like, I yeah, mean, we need to. We how long? How long can we roll with Foles I, before we do? I also like. Hole? Is it possible that the Eagles just got hot? Last, last year? year, I mean, they still have a top defense. I mean, they. Yeah, I know, but I'm talking about like their. What do you mean? They also what? won 13 games. I know. So and Wentz was playing at an MVP level. Listen, I'm not saying he's garbage. I'm not saying now. they're bad. I'm just saying, like, are right. they this team? Are they a 13 win team? I, I think they can be. I don't know. If all you know, I don't they know why. Yo, I don't know why. I still like when I look back on that season. Like, I don't understand why. Like, I don't know. Wentz. I don't know why. I don't think the person I was like insanely amazing, like 13 win amazing. I don't know why. I don't. That so defense, I, that defensive line in particular. That is, do, that's you know obviously that wins you fucking championships. And you win in the trenches. Their offensive line is just as good as the defensive right. line. I and just I, wouldn't be surprised if they won fucking nine games. I think that. Well, I was gonna say too. I went, even though he didn't look good. I think that was the perfect defense to come back against with the Colts because they're probably one of the worst units in football. Well, they've they've been playing well though. He did right. also just march down as soon as he got the ball. Who's that? Wentz? Wentz, right, right, and he's doing it with no mobility, which is which right, is different which is a big him. part of his game because yeah. he's how how he got hurt. We saw diving head first into the end zone. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm more I want to watch Wentz a lot this week. Uh, like Tim said, this defense, this Titans defense is good. They held the Jags last year. I mean, the division winner of last year to six points on their home turf. So Mike Vrabel, also the head coach, defensive mind. So I want to see how that matches up. This is a good test for Carson Wentz again, second week back. It was a good week for. Some Belichick disciples. After a terrible week one. Yeah, after a really bad week one. Yeah. Good week three. The uh, the Titans just own the Jaguars. They've beaten them four of the last five times. And you, you do build your team to beat the teams in your division. So that really didn't surprise me as much. And it did feel like a – I mean, it's easy to say now, but coming off that win against the Pats and everyone's blowing them, to just come and lay an egg against a team that historically does dominate you um, – I think the thing with the with the Titans is some of the stuff that they're doing makes no sense. Like they just released, or I, I think uh, Rashad Matthews asked to be released or some shit. Yo. It's like, yo, you don't have the luxury of like getting rid of these talented guys right now at skill positions. Well, Rashad Matthews negotiated his own extension. Mistake number one. <laughs> Got all of his, none of his money guaranteed. Mistake number two. And made his his guaranteed money, part of it is on snap count. Mistake number three. So what are they going to do? They're not going to put him in. Him, yeah. They're not going to play him. He hasn't been playing, so he's out. That's his fault. That's not the Titans' fault. I mean, I hear you. 
Uh, all right, cool. Let's get to the last and final game we have here. The Chiefs at the Broncos. Chiefs, probably the most, the team that stands out the most this year, I would say. Hell no. I mean, besides Hell the Rams. No. Besides oh. the Rams, the Rams. Listen, I mean, at the beginning, of the, why this hell one? no? Yeah, how I hell no? It's like just one no is fine. No, nah, like I'll say no because they're the Rams defense is like above and beyond way better than anything Kansas City's putting out there. No, but right, but the only reason I'm saying that Chiefs stand out because going into the season, I was like, yo, I don't know how we let the Rams put this roster together. I don't know why we let this happen. <laughs> like we didn't let fucking Chris Ball get traded to the Lakers, but this is okay that we're gonna let this happen. All right. Like that's why I'm like, all right. So the team that stand like is standing out from being like, oh shit, is the Chiefs. And when we also talked about, yo, Pat Mahomes, like that offense is like great. So if he can play well, which he is, the real deal, uh, they're fucking on fire. Seems great. Yeah, I wouldn't say hell no with an MVP candidate at the helm. I think they're one of the standout teams, maybe the most standout team. Yeah, I mean, uh, another guy that I love coming out of the draft, Pat Mahomes. He's he ha- is fearless. He has a swag that is really like second to none. I'm tossing that shit. Yeah. He's tossing it. He does not give a flying fuck. Well, when you throw darts. Yes. I would say he's fuck. not tossing. He's just beelining that yeah, shit. Yeah, he's fucking throwing hammers. Does not give any shits. And you know what? I doubted in preseason. I put them at 8-8 eight and eight because I'm like, I just don't know about Mahomes. And for Andy Reid to trade away a quarterback that's been his starter for, what, five, six years? Mm-hmm. That he's won, that he's gotten to AFC championships with, right? To trade him away. For the young guy. You're talking about Andy Reid here. You're not just talking about any guy. This is one of the premier minds in football for the last 20 years, Andy Reid. I should have known. We should have known. We should have trusted him. Word. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I have them in my AFC title game. I'm just saying. All right, so yeah. every, we should have known except Boss knew. <laughs> well, but, I, I, had them, I had them in the playoffs. All right, fine. You should have known, Tim. I should have known. All right, I'll, just, I'll speak for myself. Known, I should have known. I should have trusted Andy Reid. But in, in this particular matchup, I think the Broncos are a bit overrated. Uh, they played two shitty teams at home to to start the year. Um, they came back from deficits in both in both those wins against shitty teams. Uh, Case Keenum, he doesn't really do it for me. Uh, he's the, the kind of guy that can lose you a game. And I don't think that he wins enough games. And he, well, now, don't get me wrong; he is capable of winning games for you. But I don't think he wins enough games for you to justify how many games he loses for you. Uh, he's turnover prone. Um, they're going to be throwing a lot uh, because it's going to be pretty impossible to stop the Chiefs. I, I, where do you go? Like, do you have to? You have to double Tyree Kill because he's the fast person on the on the field. You have to double Travis Kelsey. Uh, Kareem Hunt out of the backfield is an absolute monster, and you got Chris Conley catching two touchdowns. Like who do you? Sammy, bro. And then Sammy, Sammy I, Watkins, I fucking forgot about Sammy Watkins. Who, who do you yeah. guard? Who do you, who? So that this team is for real, man. Uh, I, I don't want to jump on the bandwagon. Like a, a couple weeks ago, I'm like, I want to be on this Chiefs bandwagon. I don't want to jump on it too hard yet, and and like bite my words because also a uh, a staple of Andy Reid teams is a little bit of lull. A dis, no, late November, early December lull. Um, uh, maybe even early November lull for them. So I don't want to go too hard at them, but they it's, look good, it's impossible to see a team beating them right now. It really is. It's Three and zero against the spread. Picked I was, them all three weeks. Just yeah. gonna pat myself on the back. <laughs> I was sold after he made that play where on his where his legs where he like rolled out of the pocket like twice and then threw Cross the dart in the bo- in the back of the end zone. I'm like, yo, that fucking play is like incredible to have like the wherewithal to incredible arm strength. Just, yeah, it's insane. Like this dude can make plays like even out of the pocket and like doing whatever, like. 
He's the real deal, man. What's and that? he looks comfortable as shit. That's another thing too. Like you don't see him be like, oh, like make it. You know what I'm saying? Like he looks like he's just you know, they confidence. Just look really good. He yeah. oozes yeah. swag, bro. But he I think this swag. is a good test for him this week. I'm not saying the Broncos have a great defense, but their pass rushes. Von Miller's gonna be back good. there. So Chubb, let's see. Like it's gonna happen. Brad like, Chubb, you know you got two top end talent edge rushers coming at you. Yeah. So. It'll be interesting to see if he's on the move a lot this week. I think the Chiefs should win this game pretty handily. Like Tim said, like I don't like Case Keenum trying to air it out. Uh, Philip Lindsay's back after his numb nuts fucking punch to the face last week, what which is incredibly stupid. So <laughs> I feel like a good way to put it. I feel like they might try and utilize the backs more in the passing game. Uh, we saw them mixing it up with Emmanuel Sanders getting it in the round for a score against the Ravens last week. So I feel like they're trying to mix it up to mask you know his turnover tendencies. So. Yeah, I think they're going to have to incorporate the backs. And for the Chiefs, just much of the same. You named, they have like four or five weapons on offense that he can get it to. Um, and they're scoring points. So it's I think it's much of the same this week for the Chiefs. They're going to give up some points. They're going to put up a ton more. And they'll probably win this game. Yeah. I, I is just, this game in Denver? It is in Denver. Yeah, okay, because I, that, I, think, I, I think that that... Um, First of all, with that high altitude, he might throw a ball like 120 yards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Well, I hit the upper deck. <laughs> like, yo, he, he might dead ass throw it from like his 10-yard line into the end zone. Like that old Michael Vick commercial where he just yeah, throws it yeah, out of the yeah. stadium? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's big but, for Denver because they're 2-0 and at home already uh, early in the year. And I remember Nick brought up that ridiculous stat of them being, what, like the last two games straight up or something in the week one. Some crazy stat. And they went on the road, didn't look so high last week. And now they're back home. So it might be a comfort factor for them. Three of the first four at home, it would be nice to start 3-1 and one and win all three games at home, take care of business, especially against a division rival. We'll see. I, I like the Chiefs, though, regardless. Me too. Uh, the, right right now, the, the Denver actually has uh, the best September home record of any team historically because of that exact thing that Early he's talking season, about. Yeah. But I think it is. It's it's now week four. And I don't know if the did, – did they travel there early? That that's probably a big factor. I, I should probably check on that. But if they, that's an Andy Reid type move uh, to to travel to Denver early to get acclimated. Um, I think that we're farther far enough into the season now where the conditioning of these guys is so good that you don't yeah, necessarily yeah you don't necessarily have to worry about that as much. Um, but this is a fast paced offense that relies on speed. So I think that is one thing that could backfire against the the Chiefs is that if a guy like Tyreek Hill gets tired and he loses a step, no. that's a big play that might go down. That's cheetah, bro. Get tired. I'm yeah, just Tyreek Hill tired is still faster than everyone on that field. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, that's true. Maybe he's just throwing up one finger instead of two, but uh, he's it's still a good one finger. Ball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about. Yo, can uh, we can we go? We we never do this on Fridays. Can we talk about this? fucking fantastic thursday night game real quick before oh my we get God. into the picks that game what a great game that was wild it's so good like, i think nick said he said that might have been the greatest thursday night football game ever amazing yeah, I think that's one of the best games i've seen ever that game was wild also dimes, dimes all over the place by both quarterbacks if you have rams dimes. stacks on your fantasy teams you might have a hundred fucking points oh i'm glad you said that because shout out to nick who i'm starting todd Gurley, uh jared goff and Cooper Cup against him, and I have exactly 100 points going into Sunday. Hey, yo, and uh, I'm playing. I'm playing. So, with just my luck, uh, in the two leagues that I'm in, I'm in two yearly leagues. I'm playing a Ram stack in both. 
So I'm a on triple to Ram five. stack, a triple Ram stack in both. I'm on to week five, but I mean, <laughs> fellas, 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 hold on. Let's get serious for a moment. Oh, if you thought, if you thought we were going to go an episode <laughs> without me mentioning the LUV I was getting on Twitter yesterday, you know, my cock is still hard from these mentions of uh, now everybody loved Jared Goff, huh? <laughs> yep. Everybody loved Jared Goff. God forbid I speak on something early. Nick, yo, shut up. Let it play out. Let it play out. <laughs> no, no, Nick no, has one difference. ticket with a Jared Goff MVP. Yeah, there's the, no, I, thought, no, though, no. I don't know. There's a difference. There's a difference, <laughs> my friend. There's a difference. Yeah, because you're because... speaking on it. There's a difference. <laughs> No, no, no. There's That's a, a double standard, Nick, just so you know. No, if you well, if you let me explain it, then maybe you, you'd understand. But the difference is every single person and a lot of you in that room looked at me like I was an alien when I said that this guy's a top seven quarterback and that he's an MVP candidate this year. And I know that it's a long season, but he did it on prime time. He did it against a team that is perceived to have a very good defense. Despite the last five games that they've played, they've gotten absolutely shelled by uh, some would even say weak competition as well. And he lit it up. That system is perfect for him. It's the same thing that I say about James Harden in the NBA, where if you give me James Harden with Dan Tony, he's a top five player. If you give me McVay and Jared Goff, he's a top seven quarterback in the league. You so know, it's, it's I crazy. missed the difference, by the way. So <laughs> it's crazy that it's crazy that you say that because Tua, like, if you watch the way that they set up their offense, he hit Cooper Cup on a big play with a linebacker trailing him, and I think Anthony Barr is in coverage. He hit Brandon Cooks on a play where the linebacker was trailing him. Like, how do you get Brandon Cooks covered by a linebacker? I want to know how you how you draw that up. I don't know. Please tell me, Sean McVay, because I can study tape and probably not figure it out. Not only that, but they have personnel out there ass yeah they do their whole Yo, offense boss, is insane boss the whole opening was what the difference was you guys all called me crazy for me having that take nick you, wasn't you a hey favorite. yo yo you haha my text every time i say yo this game's over yo haha that's like <laughs> let it play out let it play out what's the difference i didn't call you crazy i i said i liked you did, there's year. video dog there's video i went back to watch me you know, i was bored yes i i said that he's not gonna throw enough to put an mvp I no, still no, think you that called me, you called me crazy when I said he's a top seven quarterback. Nick is There's crazy because evidence. he documents stuff like this, so I, I don't doubt him. I do, I do, I do. And then, have, and I then, you know what he says? He's like, "Yo, when people bring up screenshots of old tweets, like that's corny." He says that. Yeah. Look, look, I, I, Double I you, standard, if bro. you, if you <laughs> listen, if you listen to that episode, you will hear me say I like Jared Goff, but I don't think he throws enough. To be the MVP. I remember you saying something to that. And I still, I still, look, look, the best part about the Rams, the best part about McVay is in this game, they knew because of their weaknesses and because of the offense that the, that the Vikings have, that they were going to have to score big points in order to win. So that was the game plan. But let's not have a parade yet because I also see games where Goff can go for 160 yards in one touchdown and it's Gurley with 200 yards on the ground. Like he, that's that's still gonna that still is is a possibility because they're they're very Belichickian in the way of their game plan changes week to week. Not 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 with the not with the offensive weapons that they have. He won't he won't have games like that. And yo, it wasn't an MVP take that you called me. It was the uh, the top seven the top seven thing you did not agree with. Well, you called me crazy for putting Cousins in the top seven. I mean, and I he also, played just as well. But last I night. don't I don't think like I'm ready to crown this dude a top seven quarterback anyway. I mean, he had a good game. He only threw it like you, I mean, he threw the ball thirty three times. 
five touchdowns, 465 yards. Like, people were fucking wide open. Yes, they had Brandon Cooks on a linebacker. Yeah, like, it, th- That's I mean, just I could be quarterback coaching. and hit bang Brandon Cooks on a linebacker. And listen, I, I have no doubt in my mind that Jared Groff is taking a leap higher than I expected, at least, me personally. But well, I, I'm not I, ready I, to be I, like, yo, top seven in the league, like, t- like now? Like, we, no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Yo, he, he he's he's in year two with with an offensive mind. This is this is what we saw with Carson Wentz. Year one, Carson Wentz has a good year with Doug Peterson. Year two, he wins the Super Bowl. This is year three of his career, but it's year two with Sean McVay, and you're seeing what he's doing. All right, look, I, look, I, I agree. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay, I, I have to listen to. I have him in two leagues. Are you ready to crown Adam Thielen like a top five wide receiver in the league? Also, though. I mean, no. I'm ready to crown Stefan Diggs as one, though. That guy's insanely good. Yeah, he can run His around. yak is crazy. His yak is Yo, crazy. His Thielen ability to get open is be, ridiculous. Thielen will never be a top five wide receiver because he's a white dude. Nah. <laughs> Yo, Cooper Cup is... Yo, those two guys, we got hope. A lot, a lot of white kids in high school right now. Like, I think I could do this. I think I could be a receiver. <laughs> <laughs> Cooper Cup is a little different, too. He's a big body. Like, he, yeah. Is he? Red zone yeah. guy. Yeah, red zone. Yo, he's kind of threat. Yo, he's I was watching him in the post game and he's kind of stocky. I was like, yo, he's he's probably he's huge. Like, yo, he's he looks bigger than Gurley. Oh, he's 6'2, 200. Yeah, he he's been there red zone yeah. big motherfucker since he's huh? on the team. He's, he's not he's not Danny Amendola. He's he's a big boy. He led the he led the league in he I'm sorry, he was second in the league in red zone targets overall last year. And that's with Sammy Watkins getting nine red zone targets. Nine, I'm sorry, nine touchdowns. He's a big fella. That's 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 a guy that I wanted him on every single. I've got him on three out of four of my of my redraft yearly leagues, and I wish I'm in like seven leagues. But those yeah. those redraft leagues, I wanted Cup in every single one of them because of this. And man, I the Rams are fucking good. It's yeah. right now they're two to one to win it to win the Super Bowl in Vegas. <laughs> two to one. That's crazy. I was listening to a podcast. Someone. Someone dropped fifty thousand dollars on them to win the Super Bowl when they were seven to two. That just seems stupid, but they're that good. Yeah, man, they were twelve after after the free agency episode. They were twelve to one, and I was like, "Yo, hot take." I think this is my early pick to win the Super Bowl. And Tim was like, "Yo, that's not a hot take. That's like, that's not hot. That's like, I, I feel you on that." Hot of t- course, hot take was the Texans. That was a hot. <laughs> Texans is a rough one, but yeah, that was hopefully. A hot one. Yeah. Yo, I, I just the golf one will we'll bounce that out. There. I just hope that the Texans, um, for personal reasons only, I hope that the Texans are are picking first in the draft so that I can so everyone can forget my Chiefs pick <laughs> from, from a Yo, few Chiefs years back. Chiefs win the Super Bowl. No, they're not. No, I know. <laughs> worst, they, worst team in the league. That was part of the goat Facebook thread that Tim will put out. That's right. Every that's, year. Right, that's right. So I'm yeah. hoping that this is this is so bad that everyone forgets about that. Sorry, right, sorry, like, Nick, for having to be the no. You know what will sacrificial even lamb. If, even if it's the Texans, first of all, all that tells me is that me and Boss are next on that list. Where one of us is going to nah. call something out. <laughs> all that, but that <laughs> it, won't, it won't go bro. anywhere. <laughs> Both those picks will go down in history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, that's all that happened. Just like my uh, my Patriots pick. I put two hundred dollars on. Oh no! I put two hundred dollars on the Texans to beat the Patriots because they had their. It was like Brady was hurt, Jimmy G got oh, hurt, Brissette, and yeah. Brissett. They beat the shit out of the Texans. I was like, okay. Thursday night game. Great, great. Uh, all right, cool. Let's get to the picks. By the way, last week not a good week for this podcast. No, it wasn't. Really Yo. bad week. Oh boy! No, I will tell you. I'll, I'll tell you what though. What did we I, go like? I'm one, one in, like one and eleven. 
as a podcast? I yeah. went 0 and 3. I went Me, I, Nick, and Tim went 0 and 3, and you went 1 and 2. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Uh, we, need, we need some redemption, people. Hell but yeah. I'll tell you what, I will go 1 and 8. That's my record right now. All, all day, if my fantasy production continues at the way it has, because <laughs> I'm 3 and 0 or 2 and 1 in every single one of my leagues, and I love it. Bro, oh, you can't go 1 and 8 and that balance it out. I mean, I'm okay with it. I'd you're, rather I'd rather succeed. If you are betting these plays, you'd be losing all your money. You'd be making back in fantasy. I'm not worried. <laughs> I'm not worried. Me and Boss have been there before. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. I was there. Remember we were like two and eleven. I I went back to last year's uh, graphics, and Tim started really bad and finished five hundred. So, yeah, yeah. So this is a, how I do every year. I, 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 I always say Tim this. puts himself in an incredible hole yeah. that he can't <laughs> get himself out of to win the picks. Yeah, but he'll finish like five hundred. One, I always go like, it's it's the first. Four weeks of the year it's tough. are always the toughest for me because that's when you get to like I, I feel like you can't you you're, you're still, still learning. I'm still thinking about last year. Yeah. I'm still thinking about preseason. I'm still thinking about my preseason picks. After this week, it's a completely clean slate. Completely. <laughs> oh, and three. <laughs> well, I hope I go three and all this week. Let's all see. right. So who you got? Uh, I got Kansas City minus four and a half at Denver. Uh, fuck it, I need some wins. I'm going with the best team in the league. I'm winning. Um, I got Detroit I'm off Kansas City this week. <laughs> <laughs> I got Detroit plus uh, three and a half at Dallas. Uh, Dallas's offense is absolutely meager. Detroit is going to a familiar situation within a dome, and. Uh, I like what they put together last last week with the Patriots. I think that that team, after all the veterans didn't want to run and didn't want to do the things that Patricia's asking, when you get a win against the Patriots, the veterans start, start to buy in a little bit. That defense has also improved every single week under Patricia. I think they continue to improve. I don't see a I don't see a way that Dallas puts up more than twenty points. So give me Detroit uh, plus three and a half, and I got New Orleans minus three and a half at the Giants. Because the New New Orleans Saints are much better than three and a half points better than the Giants. Yo, I will never. What? Yo, that I've, might be the best. I've never seen ever. something like that offense where it's just two pass catchers, one running back. I love that, that. running back is one of the pass catchers. I love that team for some reason. And Joey has both of them on his fantasy yep. team: Alvin Kamara oh, and Mike I Thomas. For some reason, no one can tackle Alvin Kamara. Nope. It's just they hit him and then they fall off. Force field makes no sense. It's ridiculous. He's got the star. He's got the star from fucking Mario Brothers. I was going to go to the game this weekend. I was like, I can't go to this. She's <laughs> like, I, I really want both teams to do really well. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Uh, Nick, what do you got? Oh, I'm I'm taking the Giants plus three and a half. I like the Giants as a home underdog. I'll always take them as a home underdog. They're playing in the 425 window, which is, uh, I agree with you, Joey. I've been looking to get tickets for this game, too, just because it's like you can watch all the red zone games. Now I have to watch the Giants and shit. Uh, so I'm taking the Giants there. Uh, I'm taking the Patriots minus seven and a half. A video surfaced that went viral of Tom Brady dancing. And then he started smiling and shit. And, like, the dancing is of a, uh, like, 65-year-old white dude. So I think he got his swagger back. Was it a Fortnite dance gonna... he tried to do, I should say? I didn't I, I, see I don't it. Know. I, I don't know. Um, and then I'll, I'm taking the Hold Colts on. The line minus... in that game is seven and a half, right? The Pats? The Pats? Yes. Yeah. That, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what it in here. Yeah. And, and uh, the Colts minus one and a half. I don't think the Texans should be. They're, what they're saying with this line is that the Texans would be a favorite at a neutral. And I don't think they should be a favorite at a neutral. I think the Colts defense is, um, you know, we got to stop basing it off what we saw last year. Like Tim said, I think this defense is dope. Not dope, but like they're fourth in the league in sacks. And they just don't have any names. So I think this defense is a lot better than people think. 
That that's they're better. That's the thing that worries me though, Nick. Like the fact that they don't have names. I don't know if I could buy into them quite yet. If they put up another defensive performance like that, then I'm going to start to buy. I will pray for Tim and Nick's picks. They're both one and eight coming yes. to this week. Please pray for my picks. <laughs> I need it. Oh god! Let me laugh while I'm on top. Of it. <laughs> six and three, baby. I'm going zero and three. Um, what are you four and five? I'm three and six. Six. Hold it down. Hold it down for this podcast. Yeah, you are. (laughs) Three and six is not terrible, but you know, I'm about to That's pretty bad. I'm about to bruise I'm about to bruise it up though. I'm taking Kansas City minus four and a half on the road in Denver. Uh I'm just gonna ride this team, see what happens. Uh, I don't know. I'm not crazy about Denver. Uh Kansas City and the Rams. Those two teams, I'm like, whatever. I'll take this, whatever. And four and a half isn't crazy. I think they could beat him by a touchdown. Um I'm going this is the first time I've ever done this, but I'm taking the Saints. Minus three and a half. Olivier Vernon and Eli Apple are both out. Drew Brees. I could see this being like an end of the game fucking touchdown to win the game or whatever. But the Saints just move the fucking ball like hell. I will. It's just you can't guard these two dudes. It's just like fuck, man. Like it's just annoying. Like I don't want to go watch this. I hope it goes well. I hope the Giants win. But, you know. I just can't. I don't know. I just can't see them stopping this offense. This offense is crazy. So I'm taking them. Also, I don't. Yo, I honestly, this is a hater pick. I'm taking the Jets. Yeah. Getting seven and a half because I, that offense. I still. I don't know. I just hate Jacksonville's offense. I think that. I think this could be a backdoor situation. Also, late score at the end of the game to cover cover the spread. Seven and a half points. I'll take it. So me and you got two out of the three same picks? Yeah. We're in this together, and brother, then I have this week. The, and then I have the Jets. I just, oh, God. We're in this together, bro. We are dead. <laughs> we are dead. So I have six and three over here. I got the Patriots minus seven and a half as well. Um, in New England, this is could be a big two-game swing because the Dolphins are three, you know. Pats are one and two. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you don't want to go behind. What would that be? Three games in the division early in the year. So big head-to-head game here. Seven and a half. Give me the Pats. I got the Jags over the Jets. Jags minus seven and a half. The Jets West Coast offense plays perfectly into that Jaguars defense. Um, it's going to be a long day for Sam Darnold. Granted, they did have a long week to prepare, but they have to go on the road. And I'm not really confident in a rookie quarterback going on the road against this vaunted defense. Uh, even the pass rush, like it's going to be a long day for the Jets. He does like the warm weather, though. Uh, I mean, the style of offense, that doesn't do it for me. And influencing this pick. And I got the Ravens plus three and a half at the Steelers. I think the Ravens win this game outright, like I said, we talked about on the breakdown. Uh, I think they're their superior team at the moment. And give me the Ravens getting some points. So, yeah, those are my three picks. Six and three, working to build. All right. Yeah. By the way, not confident at all. I'm I'm the most I think confident. I'm going three and all this week. I think I'm the most confident in these picks, although I do have – Two road favorites and a road dog, so I picked three road teams. So I'm, you know, I'm asking to lose, but I'm never making a comment on how I feel because last week I said I, I, I was very confident. I went 0 and 3, so <laughs> yeah. no, no more comments. Yeah. All right. Cool. Do you know what's funny? I do you know what I've noticed too that last week all of us did pretty decently on the like the overall picks. By the way, Patreon.com/slash/VeteransMinimum. Uh, if you want to join that community, uh, we we have picks that we do against each other. Uh, the whole community together. We all did pretty decently, except on the picks we picked for the podcast. We all lost those. Terrible. So, you know, if it makes any, if that makes <sighs> any sense. All right, Tim, where can they find you? <laughs> At Tim Patrap on all social media outlets, but only if you're real, feeling real, real, real frisky. At Brodo Fantasy. BrodoFantasy.com is the new website for all of your fantasy football needs. 
I just told you I'm uh my record is like nine and one in fantasy. So get at me, people. Twelve and tw- eleven and one. Shut Sorry. up. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Stop, uh, Nick. Where can they find you? At the Lamb Show, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch.tv/slash The Lamb Show. Yeah, just find find me on social media. Then you'll see everything I'm involved with. Uh, boss. At individual twenty seven on Twitter and the gram. And you guys can follow me on Twitter at Joe Santagato. Go follow the show at Veterans Minimum and our Instagram page, Veterans underscore Minimum. And we'll see you next time. Look at-